Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 64. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, man, how was C2E2? It was pretty fun. You know, there was a lot going on. <laughs> You're not really selling me, man. <laughs> it's just, it was a very... It's a fucking convention. Of course, there's lots going on. What were you expecting? <laughs> I, w- I wish there was half the people. I don't know, man. I got there super late. <laughs> I was expecting to be there You were disappointed early. that people showed up yeah, man, to see way too many people. No, was, you are such a nerd. <laughs> I will say I was impressed on how big it was. I did not expect it to be the entire was McCormick it, place. Was it bigger than last year? You went last year, right? I didn't go last year. I went to um, Comic-Con. Oh, that's right. You went so to I'm Wizard used to World. Rosemont Center, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. C2E2 is much bigger than Wizard World. Massive. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, and it's funny because Wizard World was huge at mm-hmm. one point, but they started losing, like, vendors that, you know, uh, Marvel and DC weren't showing up anymore and really all, became all about C2E2. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's big. <laughs> it's fucking huge. <laughs> so you were not prepared mentally no. for the scope. But I had a really great time while I was there. We got to meet a lot of new cosplayers, a lot of fun people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of people selling comics. We ran into Jeremy Whitley, which was awesome. Yeah, friend of the show. We mm-hmm. interviewed him. Check out that episode. I, I... don't know the number <laughs> offhand. Maybe episode 50? Uh, I think so. 50 or 52 or somewhere in there. Yeah, it's somewhere in the there. 50s. Anyways, the writer of The Unstoppable Wasp yes. and My Little Pony and Rainbow Bright. Princeless. Princeless, yes. Yes. So, yeah, check out that episode. Great guy. Apparently, I tried to skip a line for Chris Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Wait, how did you do that? It looked like there was only four people in his line or so. So so I that like, didn't ring a bell. Like, that didn't all of a sudden red flag you right there that there was four people. I was like, what's Chris going on? David would fucking be like, freaking his mind out. <laughs> if you got a picture exactly. of Chris Claremont holding up our fucking title belt. Exactly. Yes, I would lose my fucking mind. And it turned out there was about 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> so you like turned to your right and saw a giant yes, line. Yes, it, um, it was like on the other aisle. Oh, that must have been so awkward. I hope you saw the whole thing take place. <laughs> They're all like, staring at me. Really? Did security yeah. like move you along? Or? Yep. Awesome. That's good. I was that's, standing that's there for good a good stuff. 30 seconds thinking I'm about to like actually... Holy shit, I'm about to meet Chris Claremont. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to really get to ask him. Who, like, wrote everything that I love in the 80s. <laughs> yes. One of the reasons why we have a podcast right now. Uh, well, that would have been huge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I do like the awkwardness of the moment. So that's my reward. <laughs> it seems to be my thing. You know, I have an awkward moment at every single yes. convention that I'm at. Uh-huh. And you didn't trip this time, though. I didn't trip. That's awesome. I was almost fully prepared to walk up to CM Punk. And talk about my tripping story. Uh, so, <laughs> was Punk's line huge? Actually, not. 
It wasn't a big line this year. That's interesting. I'm surprised. I don't know if just people he are really intimidated or... He doesn't do much, right, convention-wise? Or maybe he is now part of the circuit more more so. I know back in the day I didn't feel like he did, mm. you know, the cons that much. But now that he's got some free time, you know, maybe it's just becoming old Patsy in there. So, um, yeah, well, that's interesting. So Yeah, all the pro wrestling team guys were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if anyone that you've seen at the store was there running the booth really okay. uh, our comic book store that was there of course oh did you actually talk to Rick I didn't talk to Rick this time I was okay. too busy okay yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of great cosplay there I was really trying to get as much as I could yeah absolutely and you did get some awesome pictures mm-hmm. of people posing with the belt and everything some awesome fucking cosplay I still don't understand how they do it like some of those costumes <laughs> look like they're ready for like mm-hmm. you know like a scene in a movie like they're like cinematic so um yeah really impressive stuff I can't imagine the time and the money mm-hmm. they have to put into their fucking outfits um, it's just crazy so, but yeah, check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook. Yes. You'll see tons of great photos that Christian got, you know, all posing with our belts and everything. And that's going to be something that we do a lot of now, you know, going to these conventions and everything. So you can, if you see us, you know, go ahead and, Absolutely. You know, uh, next, I'm going to be at ASIN, which is in May. Uh, yeah. And that's a big anime convention. So if you're in anime, come out, check us out. We'll be there. Yeah, Christian will have an amazing nerd shirt uh, on, and you know, yep, I'll have the title, and I'll probably be holding a, um, an anime statue. <laughs> Did you were... pick out any good uh, merch this time? Unfortunately, no. Uh, there was nothing that we were really interested in that was worth the money that we thought. Really? So. Okay. Well, they they are expensive. But we are definitely picking out something at Asin. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe you'll post about that too. So. If it's appropriate. Yes. If it's appropriate. <laughs> what the hell are you picking up, man? We like anime girls. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Seek out Christian if you're at one of those shows. And we'll Absolutely. let you know beforehand, you know, and get yourself a picture with the Amazing Nerd Show title. Yes. That's a beautiful belt, man. <laughs> so, uh, but on to the news. Well, we got a decent amount of it this week. Um, we had some Star Wars leaks. I feel like this is happening a lot lately. Um, they're not running like running as tight of a ship as they were with the last two movies. It seems like um, it's all toy shit, though, yes. right? Like it seems like it's all on like Hasbro's end. So a Star Wars toy poster, like a toy merchandise poster, leaked. Um, it looks like it could be a movie poster. And I think mm. you actually thought it was going to be one of the movie posters, but it is just something for like merch. Um, you know, at the stores. Which is good, because I thought they could make a way better poster. Yeah, it was a little lackluster, because <laughs> when I first saw it, too, I was like, well, this feels like someone with, like, any kind of Photoshop skills could have put together. Mm-hmm. So I almost, like, was like, is this even real? But it's been kind of confirmed that it's a real poster. Um, so there's a lot to really get into there, poster-wise. Um, we did see some new characters. Um, it we, we got confirmation that the Knights of Ren are appearing. In this movie. Thank God. So thank fucking God. Oh, yeah, spoilers. I guess. <laughs> um, Too we, late now, damn it. We got, yeah, right. Uh, we got pictures of the core characters all in their new costumes. We kind of seen those shots already, though. Mm. So that kind of confirms that, you know, what we were seeing, like in those Reddit leaks, were actually real. Um, but then we got a picture of it. it looks like 
a new bounty hunter, I'm going to guess. At first, when I saw the picture, I was like, could that be Sabine? I was, you know, hoping, (laughs) daydreaming that it could actually be her. But um, it looks like it's a brand new character named Zori? Zuri? Um, So, and there's nothing else. Because there is like a... Like almost like a one sheet two, which each character mm-hmm. has their like names underneath it. So, um, yeah. But then, um, there's another female character that we've kind of seen in like some like behind the scene photos. Um, I don't know if you remember that. There's like one where they've got like space horses in a field. Oh, which yeah. doesn't excite me, by the way. Space horses. Yes. Tauntauns are cool. I mean, they're not tauntauns, but yeah, but it was a cool scene. You know, it wasn't like a casino running through. Okay, well. It, Hopefully we don't get that shit. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, this chick was part of that um, scene. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, someone with eagle eyes pointed that out. Um, She's got a pretty badass bow and arrow. Um, Her name is Jana or Jaina. We're not quite Mm -hmm. sure how to pronounce, you know, the space spelling of this name. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but very like dystopian looking, like Mad Max even. Um, you know, but I mean, a cool character design, but yeah, otherwise we saw fucking C-3PO yeah. with do you, the do you think, uh, bow caster. Exactly. Do you think Chewie's dying? I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Cause it did cross my mind. Uh-huh. Now, if Chewie does go down, I hope it's like tearing off one of fucking Kylo's arms or something like that, <laughs> you know, and vengeance for fucking Han. But mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, you know, like C three, like Chewie goes down and C three PO just fucking loses it and grabs that bow caster because that thing's got some kick too, though. Yeah. If he oh, fires that thing, C three PO's flying. He's flying backwards, right? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see Chewie go down though. I don't know if I'm like emotionally prepared for that scene. I think he's pretty much all that's left, other than Leo. Yeah. And she's not really left anymore either. Mm-hmm. So, and that um, was we a did big not... omission from that poster. Yes, we did not see her. Now I don't know if they'll have tons of like older Leia toys. So True. that's probably why she wasn't on the poster. I'm guessing. Oh, uh, we did com- get confirmation also. Uh, Kylo's helmet definitely has the lava glue going on mm. with it. So he's definitely like put it back together with some kind of red glue. Um, we we're kind of guessing that it could be like, you know, the lava from um, Vader's yeah. yes, home planet or, you know, castles, whatever, <laughs> Mustafar. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, what else do we get out of this poster here? Uh, there was another Y-Wing or was it? It was a Y-Wing. Yes, a Y-Wing. Yes, it was a Y-Wing. So I'm guessing that they're still struggling. Yes. The uh, resistance. Um you know, that they're using older tech like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see the ships. I think there's like a blue uh, X-Wing in there too or something, or a red one. Um, I don't know, man. What did you think about everything that you saw poster-wise? Um, when I saw it, it was, just, was kind of like confirming of like all the things that we've seen in the past with the leaks. But it didn't really bring out anything. Where There's like, like a oh, weird alien in the background. Yeah, too. I hope the alien isn't important. Like a main character, yeah. yeah. Like, why are you on the poster? I really, yeah. Because I'm not thrilled with that, that design at mm-hmm. all. They, sh- they, of course, showed the annoying robot that will be annoying. Uh, uh, BB-8's BB-8, new sidekick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we heard about that and whatever, you know. 
Mm. Hopefully, it's not annoying. With um, also. with the new bounty hunter, I hope that it's just not it's not going to be treated like Phasma, where it's very little role. You know, I hope that they. I want these villains to be fleshed out a little bit more. That's why I'm I'm concerned when I keep. You know, it's not more. the Star Wars way, though. I know. <laughs> the only like, way we're going to Boba Fett didn't really books. get like exactly. you know fleshed out until later <laughs> on, until after he got you know killed. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we also saw Lando in the yellow shirt, you yes. know, rocking the, um, you know, Hans, the solo, you know, um, outfit. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I'm, I was, I was honestly kind of underwhelmed with mm. everything that we saw, you know, it was nothing really brand new except for, you know, Zori, you know, and Janna. Otherwise it's kind of what we saw leaked before. Um, and I don't know, they're just kind of lackluster, the character yeah. designs. So it's a little disappointing. I'm excited for the Knights of Ren. I am really excited for that. Oh, you know what else? I, I'm totally fucking the most exciting part to me. Red fucking stormtroopers. I was oh, excited yes. for the red fucking stormtroopers. Well, I'm hoping that most of that is just color on the box, but maybe the one on the front. What do you mean? You think that the, the troopers in the bottom aren't supposed to be red? Yes. No, they're red, man. Those you think they're true. supposed to be Yeah, because the ones above them are like straight up white. So yeah, I think they, they did that a, a to show you contrast. Now they're red troopers, man. Okay. I that... think they're supposed to be the royal uh, guard. Okay. You know, I think they're going to be kind of like, you know, Ren's like, you know, immediate, you know, team around him and stuff like that. And they're part of canon. You know, we looked it up before the show. <laughs> I know I've seen the red troopers before. I just didn't know what, you know part of you know what story they're from Mm -hmm. so um but yeah they did they have existed in the past so um yeah yeah i i love myself you know some fucking stormtroopers (laughs) man i give me more you're gonna need to buy a new shelf for that uh absolutely absolutely so we'll see what happens though you know i mean the one in the front definitely is different though Mm -hmm. the ones in the the helmets different and everything like that so maybe he's supposed to be like the leader of the squad or something like you know I don't know. It's all speculation at this point. But it will be a brand new toy for me to buy. Yes. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, David. Um, will you be buying any of the 20 Avengers posters that we received? Uh, like 40. There were 40 of them. <laughs> and they dropped them all at once. Yes. So people like me who are running social media pages had no possible way of posting everything at once. It was insane. And at first, I was like, did they fuck up? Because they just dropped the Black Widow one Mm. first. And then all of a sudden, they put them all out at once. But then when I went to go click on it, it disappeared. So I was like, oh, some intern fucked up. Like, (laughs) they weren't supposed to do it that way. But then again, like two minutes later, they were all there. Mm. All 40 posters. Like, basically every character in this movie got their one sheet, you know? Um, I thought they were effective for the most part, though, especially the ones of, like, the people that we lost in Infinity War. You know, um, Peter's, like, stands out. Um, Black Panther's, like, mm-hmm. stood out. Um, we got some confirmations from the posters. Uh, Valkyrie had herself a poster, so this is the first time that we've got, like, you know, it confirmed that Valkyrie is going to be part of the movie. We've had, like, some little toy leaks here and there, yeah. but, you know, sometimes the toys just kind of do their own thing. You know, they're looking for other characters. So it was nice to see that she's going to be part of the movie. I'm excited for that. I was a fan of her and Thor Ragnarok, so I think it'd be cool to see her interact with, you know, the rest of the MCU. Um, but then uh, 
Happy fucking Hogan got a goddamn poster. Um, Pepper got a poster. You know, do we see Happy suit up? Maybe does (laughs) he get into it? He doesn't need a suit, huh? I I kind of want to see him suit up. I'm not gonna lie. If anything, especially if Peter's gone down, because Happy was the one interacting with him most. I could see him be out for fucking blood, man, and I could see him wanting to like you know, hey, it's the end of the world. Fuck it, let's go. You know, uh, we also got confirmation that uh, Shuri is dead. Is yes. dead because we did see her on the screen. So I didn't like people were acting like it was a huge revelation. I was like, well, we saw her on the screen of people who were like missing. Mm. I guess um, people still had hopes that she could be like Ant Man and be maybe somewhere. she's staying. You know, she's just keeping it like you know on the DL right now. Maybe <laughs> you know she's in her lab somewhere planning something. Because it just feels like she's be such a great character to like kind of figure everything out with the yeah. quantum realm and all that shit, you know. That is obviously happening now at this point. We have not seen uh, Professor Hulk yet, you know, not mm-hmm. in any official capacity. I'm surprised we haven't gotten that in one of the posters because that's been leaked by the toys left and right now. Um, so, but we have not gotten that because I was kind of expecting like going through those posters, all forty of them, to get that one poster, but. Wasn't there. Wasn't Not there. Yet. So, um, yeah, but it all it did was just get me more excited <laughs> <laughs> for this fucking movie. We're in the end game now. We're and almost we are, there. yes, less than a month now, Christian. Less than a month. Um, so, pretty exciting. Well, is there anything else going on in the MCU world? Yes, we actually got some more movie news. Um, after this phase, we are going to be getting ourselves uh, an Eternals movie. Um, and you know, that's been kind of old news at this point. It's been kicked around. Um, but we got one of the roles most likely filled. It looks like and Angelina Jolie is going to be taking on a lead role in the movie. Um, I'm guessing she's probably going to be Cersei's not from game of thrones mm. um but <laughs> i did have to read that on the article a couple times i was like wait a second um <laughs> yeah so uh she has um been an avenger in the past um she did have a relationship with black knight um which was actually he was actually rumored to be in this movie in the uh endgame movie which hmm. would be really bizarre but yeah so i i'm still surprised that they're doing this movie um do you want to give a quick rundown for anyone? Uh, the Eternals, the Eternals. <laughs> what I know about them, which is very <laughs> little, because I've never been a huge fan. Um, they were um, they were created by Jack Kirby. I know that. So to me, like right away, they feel very like new godish. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically um, they were created by the Celestials in the Marvel universe. Um, they were fucking with evolution. And somehow they created the Eternals. And the Eternals are like, they're protectors of the human race um, most of the time. Um, They don't interact, though, with the human race, except for like Cersei. She's like supposed to be like the, uh, you know, one of the bigger fans of Mm -hmm. the humans and more of a sympathetic to the humans. That's hence she joins the Avengers and everything like that. But, um, I don't know, man. I, they've just never been super relatable to me, so I never really got into them. But, I mean, all it takes is a good writer. I mean, I, I was saying the same thing about The New Gods, and Mr. Miracle was my favorite book of the last two years. So, maybe they got a story to tell here. 
who knows? I mean, I probably said the same shit too about the Guardians. Exactly. You know, you know, I trust Kevin Foggy. He's earned it at this point. Um, I was just really surprised to see this on the slate. You know, to me, they've always been kind of like the Inhumans. So, and I was never really big into the humans mm-hmm. either. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. So, I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting development. Huge actress, you know. I mean, Oscar-winning actress. So, it's always... I feel like I'd rather see her in a villainous role, though. And, you know, all I said was a lead role. So, mm-hmm. maybe she is the villain in this. She does feel, <laughs> you know, more, I don't know, akin to, like, a role like that in the MCU at this point. Um, Cersei feels like she should be a younger character, so maybe it's just people kind of speculating who she's playing, yeah. you know, but who knows? Who knows? We don't, obviously. <laughs> and we won't know for a while, though. Yes. So, but yeah, so there, there, there are strong rumors that she is taking on that role. All right, David, we're stepping out of the MCU and into Christian's Corner. Um, I got a chance to play the beta for Mortal Kombat this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you. How was that? (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's a lot slower. Like I I predicted and a lot of people have seen so far, the gameplay is a lot slower. Compared to other games? No, previous like Mortal Kombat's in the series. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like so like compared to the other games, it's slow why is that? Um, they're going more cinematic approach. You know, they're they're trying to make it so that you get into these cutscenes or fighting cutscenes in the in the moment. Like it looks cooler, sure, for them and everything. But if it fucks with the gameplay, I mean the whole point is right, like playing the game. Exactly. So I don't know. We're in a we're in a weird balance where they only gave us five characters to play with. Okay. Um, I've I've only gotten through two so far, so I'm gonna be going throughout the rest of the weekend. It was literally released yesterday, uh, so okay. I only had a chance to play as Scarlet and Scorpion so far. Um, is it to like help transition into those like cinematic scenes? Oh yeah, it's like combos into a cinematic moment. Yeah. Alright. And it's like, it's fine, um, but at the same time, I, I was hoping for more speed, especially out of like, a smaller character like Scarlet, who, um, uh, I don't know, Scorpion definitely like felt like, oh, this is a mid-range character, you know, of course he's gonna move at this kind of speed and everything, but then when I got this shorter character who is more ranged and everything, I expected movement, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm used to playing as Melina in the in, in the last game, and Melina is teleporting across the screen all over the place. Okay. So it's just like I'm used to quicker action. Yeah. So this was definitely a bit a bit slower. But everyone's felt like this. Yes. This is this is across the board okay. for most people. Um, but at the same time, I'm still enjoying what it is. Uh, it's so well polished and so like fun to look at as well okay. so it's like i'm it's enjoying <laughs> i'm enjoying this pretty experience yeah, but at the same time i want the game violet play. eye candy mm. i'm assuming if the if the main complaint from everyone is that it's a little bit too slow they're gonna speed up now it being slower does that help you with the combos at all i feel like it would make it easier for anyone that was trying to get into like learning the combos and stuff really like so do you think that's part of the reason why maybe Okay. You know, makes it a little bit more accessible for new players. Now, when does the actual game drop? Um, it's later in April, so around April 23rd, I think. Oh, so soon. All right. Mm. Well, I mean, 
That's cool. So now to get the beta, to be able to play the beta, did you have to pre-order? You have to pre-order, yes. Okay. To get into the uh, closed beta. Do you, I mean, pre-ordering, do you have to put all your money down? Or is it just something you pre-order it and then they take the money once it's actually... I think GameStop used to like let you like put on like 15 bucks uh-huh. and you're good. But, but I, like, since I that. buy digital, yeah. most of the time it's straight. It's just 60 bucks. And you're $60 and you're gone. But mm-hmm. I mean, it makes... Like, is there ever a time where like... I mean, it's because it's streaming, so it's not like they run out of it, right? Yeah, no. Those, so then, what's downloads. the okay? So then, what's the benefit of the pre-order? Is just getting the beta. Yeah, the beta, and they'll usually throw in some other access. Plus, because um, like back in the day with hard copies, <laughs> you pre-ordered so you it didn't sell out, <laughs> you oh, know. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the main so old. <laughs> benefits of pre-ordering is that it downloads immediately. Okay. So as soon as you, you know it's available, it's downloaded. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to like different. They so besides the beta, do they throw anything else to kind of entice you in there? Um, the Shao Kahn is available. Okay, so like if you do not character, yeah, I don't really care about. Yeah, Shao okay. <laughs> I gotcha. I just wanted that early access. <laughs> All right, is Christian's corner over? Oh yeah, it's officially closed. Can we move? Okay, well let's talk some horror news, Christian. Yes. Um, so we actually got ourselves a scary stories to tell in the dark trailer today. Sarah Bellows' book. When the stories write themselves, it all comes alive. You don't read the book. The book reads you. A full trailer. Uh, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I felt I I liked it. Mm-hmm. I like the trailer. I get the concepts of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's teenagers. They find the book. Mm-hmm. They all then experience different aspects, different stories, or different ca- characters are coming to life to attack them and everything. Yes, the uh, book it, writes itself. Yes, it felt very like um, Goosebumps, but for that rated R for like, adults. Yeah, yes. for adults. Yes, I so, agree. And, and, I was worried, too, with just kind of, like... And we got, like, a few teaser trailers, I know, during the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. then we've had a few posters. I was kind of worried there would be, like, a comical aspect yes. to it. Um, I'm glad that there isn't. It doesn't seem like it. The trailer was pretty fucking dark. Um, so I was I was relieved, um, if anything. Um, it was a good trailer overall. I thought it was a very effective use of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the music playing it was pretty haunting throughout the trailer and everything it was nice you know with the, the scarecrow and everything um it just worked perfectly i thought um but yeah i liked how dark it was i was i was excited because it, it felt tone wise perfect for you know those stories mm-hmm. so um i don't want to see too much though you know I, I, maybe Agreed. another trailer and that's it don't give me the full story i don't need to know like all the different characters mm. and everything like that because we already like for me maybe like i already know the stories <laughs> so i don't want to see like too many teases to what's going to happen you know i guess i was hoping that they weren't going to show the exact same teases that they did in the super bowl ads like, i think the only thing new we saw right was the scarecrow yeah and we saw the scarecrow already in like the poster so mm. yeah otherwise there really wasn't anything like brand new except for like you know the characters that we're following really um but yeah no i agree there wasn't anything like brand spanking. which is fine you know it keeps yeah. it you know it keeps the mystery there and everything. exactly and i you know maybe it's for the best you know mm. 
So, but yeah, no, I was I was excited about it, though. Do you have any fears that what they showed us is all that they have to give us? No, just because I think there's so much meat on the bone that I feel like because they really only introduced maybe three different stories, mm. so I feel like there's definitely more to it. Yeah, I think they might just be. There's definitely it. more than three characters reading that book. Yes, so. I feel like they're probably playing it close to the cuff right now, and it is pretty early. I think the movie drops in August, so they've got time, you know, to show us more. I just don't want to see that much mm. more, you know. So they were dropping posters too um, this week, so um, you know, teasing you know the movie and everything so I, i'm glad you know that we finally got like a full trailer though um moving on though we got some other uh horror news we've got a confirmation and this was kind of this was talked about a couple years back but um that they were remaking the craft um there was a writer i believe attached to it and you know almost like a synopsis and everything but apparently that's all gone the wayside uh Bloomhouse is now you know, remaking the craft, so it's mm. in great hands. Um, are you a fan of the craft at all? I've seen that movie so many goddamn times. Really? <laughs> like that you hate it because you sound I don't, like <laughs> I don't hate it. It didn't sound like a good thing. Like, but it's just like, like I've seen I've Star seen Wars, you know, too many, two hundred times. And my mom kind of forced it down my throat too many. times. Oh, is she a big fan? Yes, huge fan. Okay. So it's like I get it. Okay. But at the same time, I'm not super excited about it. I'm excited with Bluehouse doing it. Um, you know, uh, I guess they also found a writer and a director, uh, Zoe Lister Jones. Um, I really, I was looking at her bio. I do not know much of her work. Um, she does, you know, she has gotten quite a bit of like critical praise though. So um, I just don't know really her catalog of work, but. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I, I like the craft and everything like that. I feel there's a good story mm. to be told. I feel like it really like leads itself to like being remade. So um, I if feel they like want to up do... the you know the scariness of it, I'd be totally down for it. You, know? <laughs> you just want more gore. Exactly. Is what you want. By scary, he means gore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. They better put that fucking Smith song in it, though. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I am you. It's all gonna I be like to be new age pop. No, oh. that song will still be in there. <laughs> They've got to put the song in there. <laughs> fucking Morrissey. <laughs> uh, no, but I was excited about the news. I was. Um, it, it just made perfect sense, and they actually. Um, all the actresses have been doing the uh, convention circuit recently. They've been like reuniting and everything like that. It makes perfect sense. So, and I hope that they get like little cameos and everything because they're all still working. So, I mean, and obviously they're not afraid of you know, you know, I don't know. They they, they seem to be proud of that movie if they're mm. you know willing to do these conventions. So, you know, why not you know throw them in there? So. Um, Moving on, we got some interesting Candyman news. Uh, Candyman um, is being remade by Jordan Peele. Um, the director, Nia DaCosta, came out. We Well, we got some news, what, like a couple weeks ago, right? That uh, they casted a new Candyman. And it was going to be uh, Black Manta. Um, Yaya abdul Mantine. The second was announced as the new... Hey, man, that's new... better than I would have said. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, he was announced as the new Candyman. Well, 
Not so fast. Uh, Zoe Lister-Jones came out and said um, that that's being slightly misreported, um, that he is not replacing Tony Todd. Okay. Now, that wording right away, like, kind of got everyone kind of, like, speculating. Well, you're trying to tell us that Tony Todd's actually in the movie? Like, you know, is it a, a situation where he's, like, passing the torch or something like that? You know, is the curse moving on to someone else? Um, you know, but all she really said, and it's very cryptic, I can't say what's happening in the film because we want it to be a surprise, but he's not replacing Tony Todd. That's been reported, and I was just like, I don't know what to say about this, but it's not exactly right. So it feels like maybe yeah, we have... she shouldn't have talked. Yes, she should have just <laughs> shut her mouth, right? Not said anything. Um, because now I feel like there's two Candymen. You know, uh-huh. like we're, we're, you know, maybe it's a different story this time. We're maybe following. he's like puppeting him in some way. Oh, I don't want that. No, I, I feel like Jordan Pills a better writer than that, but you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? In the first Candyman, at the end, it seemed like the curse kind of got passed on to, um, I can't remember her name, Madison. Uh, don't make me try to remember her yeah, name. Yeah, no, for, we're not Googling it. It's late. <laughs> Virginia Madison. I believe, I believe. Um, But the curse got passed on to her. You know, she Mm -hmm. shows up in the mirror um, and attacks, you know, everyone in the, the the girl in the mirror um, at the end of the movie. So they kind of did play around with the whole mythos. Mm -hmm. That is something that, you know, you could become attached to the curse. Now, the sequels obviously just forgot all about that. You know, well, kept we're, we're forgetting the sequels. Uh, yes, we're, right. we're letting yes. them go. They were lackluster. <laughs> they were lackluster. Um, but yeah, no. So I mean, I guess it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities that we're getting that. But I trust Jordan Peele. You know, I really mm. do. So, um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, "Why are you talking? Stop talking!" Because you're making this worse. <laughs> Um, and Tony Todd would totally be down to do this film. Oh, anyway, absolutely. So. I think he's already come out and said, yeah, I'll be in the movie. <laughs> he does like every other horror exactly. movie, you know, um, there's that straight to DVD at this point. So I'm sure, you know, he's, the embodiment of death. Yes. Yes. And he's fucking candy, man. Like it's hard for me to picture anyone else in that role, mm-hmm. you know, and not saying that, you know, that uh what's his name couldn't do it abdul mantine um mm. you know couldn't pull it off but yeah yeah i, I it's tony todd man it's like robert england and freddie Krueger. you know you got mm. what's his name in that role who's a fucking you know oscar nominated actor but he just couldn't replace robert england it's just too hard to do so uh but anyway so moving on were you a fan of the babadook um yes and no well, you're stupid. Um, <laughs> I love the Babadook. Um, Jennifer Kent, uh, Australian filmmaker, is uh, has a new feature. Her second feature is coming out um, called Nightingale. Um, it's been making the rounds on the you know film festival circuit right now. It's getting lots of critical praise. Um, you know, it's getting good you know reviews and everything like that. But uh, it's going to hit theaters, you know, for a bigger release, um, August 2nd, um, of this year, which, man, there's a lot of movies coming out this mm-hmm. year. What did you not like about Babadook? The ending. Oh, interesting. And 
I get that it could be a metaphor. It is a metaphor, but yes. <sighs> There's but at no the same time. Be. Okay, well, I, I don't know. I just I don't like the ending. Was it just too what convoluted? Convoluted. Interesting. I don't know. I wanted more. Was it too on the nose? I wanted like the Baba Duke to pretty much win. I wanted this to be like. I've noticed a trend with you. <laughs> Christian wants always for a dark end <laughs> to the movie. So I, I, yes, okay, fair enough. You know that's debatable, but I get what you're saying. Mm. You know, I don't know. For what I, when I, I thought it was a wonderful metaphor for grief. So that's I great. really, you know, I know this metaphor. He's like, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling things. <laughs> 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 no one's dying. <laughs> what are these emotions? <laughs> uh, but you know, I love the Babadook. I, there are a lot of naysayers out there to the movie, but yeah, no, I I was a big fan of it. Um, so I'm excited to see what Jennifer Kent's going to do. I do have a short synopsis. Um, well, shoot, let me know. Uh, <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> uh, set in Tasmania in 1825, the Nightingale follows a 21-year-old Irish female uh, convict uh, who witnesses a brutal murder of her husband and baby by her soldier master and uh, his cronies. Unable to find justice, she takes an aboriginal male tracker with her through the hellish wilderness to seek revenge on these men. Sounds pretty badass. I love a revenge flick, so bring it on. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for that. I just don't know if I have time to see any more movies. Because <laughs> I feel like we're getting like a movie every weekend at this point. So, um, But yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of movies. Yes? Us made all of our money this weekend. <laughs> uh, $70 million. Um, speaking of Jordan Peele. Um Huge opening for a Raider R movie. Um, I think it's like top three all-time Raider R openings. Um, and it is the biggest original horror movie opening of all time. Um, it defeated uh, A Quiet Place. So, um, huge. I mean, the movie was made for like $20 million. So, um, you know, it's a great news for the horror genre, really. And we both saw us over the weekend, Christian. Um, would you like to read the little blurb? Sure. A family serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. And this is directed by Jordan Peele and written by Jordan Peele. Christian, what were your thoughts on us? Man, was this not what I expected. Okay. Um... While I do, as as we just talked about, I did wish the film was darker. <laughs> uh, it was pretty dark. Christian. It was it was dark and it was nice and creepy, uh-huh. but I was hoping for more violence and a little bit darker. Okay. I I thought it was. Are are we gonna talk spoilers or we're not gonna talk spoilers? No, let's let's keep because I feel like it's the kind of movie that you know we did discuss. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't do much of a pre production <laughs> <laughs> before the show. Let's go spoiler free. We'll be spoilerish, okay? But because I feel like this is a movie that people need to see on their own. You know, I there's think, a lot to unpack. I think for what we got with the main family, mm-hmm. it was a little convenient at the beginning for them to forget to get through what they were getting through. Like I thought they were being a little nicer to them than they were to everyone else. 
Oh, you're talking sense. about that they were maybe playing. Well, don't you think that the reason? I mean, extremely vague as yes. possible. Okay, don't you think the reason behind yes. that is because of who yes. those characters are? This is a very vague conversation <laughs> that probably should have taken place off mic um, because of who the characters were. Yes, um, I could have used them tormenting them a little more yes, um like absolutely. to get into the house mm-hmm. to set up a little more suspense i will give you that um i don't think it was the brutality of it though that left me wanting more it was just maybe that how they're introduced you know the doppelgangers um of the main family i would have liked to see them kind of playing with their food a little more before you know they eat like tormenting the family a little more you know mm-hmm. besides just kind of they just kind of abruptly enter the house. And I head. think they started in the right direction. Like when they... Okay. I feel like this is a very much spoilers. But what what happens is that they do split up the family into mm-hmm. different directions. I thought that was the right move. But then I felt like it, it comes back together. But it sounds like you were saying that you wanted more of just the brutality that we see later on with the other doppelgangers. And spoilers, at least, there are other doppelgangers. At least if they weren't going to do it in that way, mm-hmm. make it make it more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the family got off a little too easy at the point. Mm-hmm. At that at that beginning, once I learned later on what we're what we're like more what we're trying to not avoid tell them, say. Yes, <laughs> um, this is the worst review ever. <laughs> it makes more sense. Speaking of that, though, I'm not going to tell you anything about that, but I'm going to talk about just the cinematography in that moment. Okay. The uh, what moment in particular? Oh, the final fight scene between the tethered uh, version of the mom and her. Okay. Uh, I thought was just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there and watching this like um, story completely unwind and everything that we, uh, what we learn from these characters. It's if you haven't seen this film, go fucking see it. Uh, because it's not it's not just a good horror movie. It's a good film in general. Yes, I yes. think this is really like Oscar worthy. Like it's well crafted. Exactly, it is very well crafted. Um, I agree. The cinematography mm. was just fantastic. I mean, it was every scene was you know eye popping where exactly. it was just stunning. You know, um, and just the way that they staged and framed certain scenes. Because a lot of, you know, the gimmick, to use wrestling terminology of this movie, especially in the opening, um, to kind of drum up a lot of the dread mm-hmm. and everything like that was the use of just, like, little, like, Easter egg type things happening in the background. Like, lots of symbolism um, that had to be framed a certain way to really, like, you know, catch your eye. Where if someone who was not as skilled was doing it, it could have been very much, mm-hmm. you know, you know, just kind of like not noticeable. Um, but the way that they did it really kind of helped you kind of, you know, I don't know. It really kind of really wretched up the suspense of everything, you know, because you were kind of living the moment with those characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you would notice it with the character where you would actually you know really like you know like oh shit that is there um and then there were times where you would see it before the character saw it and it really just helped with that just overall sense of dread that is kind of happening in the very you know first like 30 minutes of that film you know there's a lot of that happening um you know so i thought that you know they did a really great job the cinematographer i'm going to slaughter his name is mike filowski 
Um, and I don't know if he worked on Get Out, but um, an, a person who did work on Get Out, um, and this was actually his second film, was um, the composer, um, Michael Abels. I thought the score was yes. fantastic. I loved everything that he did with the score. I went home and I downloaded the score <laughs> and listened to it. I thought there were so many like homages to older films, but at mm. the same time, it was fresh and new and different. Um, the well, chorus even... that he had, um, mm. there's one song in particular called Anthem that's like kind of the main like Is that the know, one theme? from the beginning where we get the intro? Uh, yes. Yes. Like, just that... that... That score plus what we were getting visually, I was like, oh, this is going to be old school. Yes. I was like, <laughs> and it really was. But at the same time, it was new mm. and fresh. It was like it was a different take on some things that we've seen before. We've seen home invasion movies. We've seen these kind of like sci-fi, almost like body snatcher kind of like scenarios and everything like that. But this was done in a way where it was presented in a fresh new take. And then it was also... It was so layered with like subtext, <laughs> um, you know, that it really like it's the kind of movie that you need to see like three or four times mm-hmm. to really catch everything. There's like a gazillion um, like Easter egg um, videos out there on YouTube right now. I refuse to watch any of them. <laughs> um, I started watching one, you know, because I felt like, oh, I, I, I have an understanding what this movie is. And they didn't even like mention anything that I felt mm. like was going. <laughs> Oh, and there's a million in interpretations movie. for what yes, and that means. To this. me, that's the perfect movie. Mm-hmm. You know, one critique I would have was I almost wish there was less of an explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, for things I almost wish. You know, um, there's you know an, the ending happens, and I almost wish it was more left open, where you're kind of guessing, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of like give you like a final answer to everything because there i mean you know i was kind of guessing what was going on you know throughout the entire film but i wasn't sure and then they like it was such a well-crafted film that i almost forgot about what i was predicting was going to happen um and then it happened and i almost wish that they kind of left it open you know where like okay did that happen because that for me that's what's fun with a movie like Mm -hmm. this where you can go back and you can watch it multiple times and have conversations like okay well no this is the scene where I know, you know, it proves what I think happened, happened. <laughs> you know, where they kind of like, no, this is happening. So um, that's my one, like, little no, critique. I, Otherwise... I, I wish that would have been a little bit more ambiguous right before that whole... The whole conversation that they have. Yes. And everything. Yes. Um, and they could have still done it the exact same way, where um, the ending could have been the exact same. Just leave that little bit, little bit more yeah. ambiguous. That would be perfect. Yeah, and they, I mean, I don't think they went too over the top. They didn't show us exactly how everything was working. It's mm-hmm. still like, what the fuck is going on? Oh yeah, by the end, you're but, just like, how? What? What happens now? And like, what they're showing you, you're like, this is just creepy as all hell. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just how the, the, you know, the doppelgangers are reacting to everything, and how like all the inner workings is going. Just really fucking you know, creepy and weird. Um, you know, uh, Abdul Mateen plays um, Lupita's um, father, you know, when she's younger. Mm-hmm. And he's in one of the reveal scenes. And just the way he's acting as, like, his doppelganger self, you know, and this is very spoilery, um, was terrifying. Like, just the facials and everything. Like, 
all the performances in this movie are strong. Like, I feel like they're really mm-hmm. fucking strong performances. Um, Winston Duke, I thought, was phenomenal in this movie. I really did enjoy, like, he played such a dad in this movie. Do, do you feel that that was a little bit too much? I mean, you don't, you haven't watched too much of Jordan Peele's comedies, I guess. Uh-huh. But I feel like he was literally writing himself into the film. Like, even, like, that. looks-wise, the character looks like him and acts almost exactly like him. He looked like a middle-aged man. <laughs> like, he looked like a middle-aged man. Exactly. Like, it, it just... And just, I being a dad, like, it just, like, I felt like I was watching myself on the screen, as ridiculous <laughs> as that sounds, uh-huh. just because of the way, like, the bad jokes that he's making at the wrong times, being borderline obnoxious, just trying to get a laugh and everything like that. There was never a point... You know, with some horror movies, there can be, like badly timed comedy like they're trying to throw it in there to like you know give like levity to the situation um this wasn't that you know it felt more natural Mm -hmm. than that um and i felt like it made the character enduring like endearing um so i thought it it made sense you know It, it felt very much like something i would do to try to like you know kind of like de-stress the situation Mm. uh so um i felt like i did like the time we spent with the family you know in the beginning i felt like we got to know the characters um which is important um you know it made us actually give a shit about the characters um so i thought and just like i said the the fact that each one of these characters had to play a dual role and the physicality that went behind that because Yes, those characters that they're playing, when they're playing, you know, the tethered, um, their tethered selves, they look exactly the same. But at the same time, their movements and everything like that Mm -hmm. were so different. And it just led to this, like, this creepiness that, like, you know, and it felt like just this weird, bizarre, you know, portrayal of a different character. They felt completely different, even though they were identical. Um... You know, I'm, I'm guessing that they must have had some kind of like dance coach or choreograph, like, you know, going on, you know, working behind the scenes with them. Because, I mean, especially like the son, mm. you know, like how he's moving and everything like that. And the daughter and that Lupita's character, like her movements and her smiles and the voice and everything was just terrifying. I did have a shitty crowd that kept making fun of her voice. Oh, the film, that ruins which everything. Which bothered me, but... I saw it in a theater with like five people. Okay, so. I'm packed, <laughs> elbow to elbow. So yeah, I went on like uh, I think yesterday uh, <laughs> at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So there's like no one mm. in the theater. So because I will, I will leave the theater honestly at this point if they're just destroying the moving going experience. You know, I will leave. Literally, someone said that bitch needs water. Uh, yeah, like, and it just diffuses the whole movie. Uh-huh. You know, so much of that can just you know destroy a film. So, um, you know, some guy trying to prove himself to his girlfriend. You know, it's just whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, I won't sound like a cranky old man anymore. I promise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I like I said, I thought it was well crafted. Mm. I thought it was just he does such great like allegory where you know just the themes just jump out at you you know because you do have like you have this theme of like classism but then you have this like theme of just you know the disenfranchised also going on you know where you kind of pick and choose your theme in this movie 
where which I think it really helps you know leaving you with this like you know this piece of art that's open to free interpretation which is what I want from a horror movie like this where like well what is the message you know what is happening here you know you've got duality happening mm. you know we're our, our own worst enemies you know but then I don't know there's so much more to unpack like I feel like I need to like I actually thought about going to see it again today <laughs> just because I felt like you know there's so much more there to like analyze and go over mm. you know this is the kind of movie where you need to like if you have a group of friends who love movies you go see this movie then you go out you know to dinner afterwards and you just talk about it for hours so um you know i highly recommend this movie you know go out support awesome horror um jordan peele is doing the man's work right now <laughs> so um i'm excited for anything he touches we got twilight zone coming out and mm. like jesus next week um, I know he had a hand in that. I don't have CBS streaming, but I'm like seriously like after this movie, I'm like kind of <laughs> contemplating getting it. All the trailers looked fantastic, mm. so I'm like, man, damn it, do I have to get another streaming service? But yeah, just a great. I mean, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about with the film? No, just I mean, I mean, you hit a lot of the points. Like uh, I think you brought up um, on a technical aspect where it's like uh, comedy, but it's not like overdoing it in points like the whole uh fuck the police scene yes <laughs> spoilers <laughs> yes it's a funny moment but it's also building up the kids getting to do anything like it like, adds to the scene exactly. it's not just for a laugh mm-hmm. you know it actually adds to the tension of the scene and everything like that and how good was the friends like uh performance too like the other family when they go into, like, you know, we meet their, like, doppelgangers, I thought they were phenomenal and super fucking creepy. Those mm. twins were terrifying um, when they show up. And that surprised me. That took, like, I didn't expect that there. And th- you know what? The trailer did a really good job of hiding a lot yes. of this movie. I, I give them credit because I I was at one point, like, have we seen too much? Um, we did not. We saw a fraction of this movie. You know, they took a, a page out of the Marvel, you know, mm. book where they, you know, really with promoting this, they really showed us like maybe twenty minutes of the film just kind of diced up in different ways, um, because there's a lot there that we did not see in any of the trailers or any of the promotional stuff. So, um, but yeah, that family too did a great job, and the the scale of the movie, like mm. I did not realize the scale of the story that we're getting here. I thought that was surprising and just, I mean, refreshing. Because I was like, oh, this is a whole different level of, you know, scare. Um, and really, like, drummed out a bunch of different fears that I wasn't expecting, like, to really explore watching this movie. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like we need to, like, maybe wait, like, a month <laughs> and then, like, Re- do, like, a spoiler review and really kind of, like, you know, go through it and analyze it. Because there's so much to talk about. I mean, even But I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't exactly. seen it. So um, I feel like they need to go out and see it on their own and really kind of unpack it. Maybe themselves. we'll do it as, like, a bonus episode. Oh, maybe. Maybe. We keep on, you know, doing well with downloads. Maybe we'll actually get a Patreon channel for <laughs> At <sure>. some point. <laughs> At some point. So... Well, um, before we, we head out on this, oh, what's, yes. what's your star rating out of five? I'm going to give it four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half as well. Um, okay. It just, it would it would be a five if it gave me that same amount of dread as Hereditary. 
I feel like it was just below for me. That's a high bar. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I still have not rewatched. Because <laughs> that's how fucking yes. Because I have is. to be in the right mind. So mm-hmm. It is sitting right there. I own it, <laughs> and it like haunts me at night. Like, mm-hmm. put me on, put me. I can't do it, man. I just have to be in the right like. I don't know, state of mind, honestly. So, I mean, that is a high bar. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it didn't go to that level. But I just, just a, this is art, man. This is mm. what I love from movies, you know. Not just horror movies, from any movie. I want to be able to really dissect a movie and really get into it. And this, this that checked all the boxes mm. for me. So, yeah, definitely four and a half stars. So, just a little more, like I said, I just wish it was a little more ambiguous, you know, with the ending. But overall, fantastic. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new Podcoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards. Um, Amazon, Starbucks, I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasting daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download Podcoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right, Damon, well, it's time to move on to comics. All right, and we had Heroes in Crisis number seven come out this week uh, by our favorite author currently, Tom King. Yes. <laughs> so, Christian, um, what were your thoughts on this book? Yeah, it was a good... I really like the book. Mm-hmm. I like um, what they're doing with uh, Batgirl trying to you know, manage uh, Harley Quinn the entire time. Um, Harley's just like, not even fully, I, I don't know how she, she's not fully grasping or controlling her emotions at this point. No. Uh, <laughs> and she never does. But she never yeah. does, but there is there is that great moment where both of them kind of accept what happened and that's how it flips into them teaming together. Yes. And I thought that was just like, I was not where I saw that going at all. That was a fun moment. <laughs> What was the team name that they came up with? Something oh, ridiculous. blue and gold and something. Yes, it was ridiculous. She so. made up a word and he kind of just went with it. Yes, yes. Combining <laughs> her and Batgirl's name, something yes. ridiculous. So uh, that was a fun moment. Um, we got more of a reveal with Wally. It definitely mm-hmm. feels like everything is kind of centered around Wally and his story. Um, we were kind of speculating earlier on about that. Now, at the end of the book yes. with the flower, is that poison ivy? 
who comes out. That's uh, I was trying to figure that out too. It's because they they were the two main people that get killed. Yes. in that sequence. And I feel like that was uh, to me. I I thought it was supposed to be Ivy coming out mm-hmm. of the flower, and it makes sense with the flower and everything like that. But I wasn't quite sure. So, um, but at the same time, why isn't she there as well? If Wally is there, to, like the other Wally comes to die, why isn't why isn't Poison she... Ivy there as well to die? Well, because I think right that's five days. That's current what we're seeing. Yes. So she's dead at that point, but it seems like she's reborn in that moment. But then Wally's coming face to face with his past self. Which makes my mind just hurt because mm. I once again time fucking travel. <laughs> um, but you know, to be honest, like I loved the, I loved everything that happened on the panels. Mm. But I do feel like the story overall is kind of petering. Like I don't know, like treading water, especially to be like seven issues in at this point. Um, yes, but at the same time, when I got to that ending, I was like, okay, I need to read the next. No, absolutely, book. it's got me wanting. More, but I just feel like mm-hmm. I almost feel like they're stretching a little here because we've got two issues left now, you know. And I was like, did you not have enough story to fill all nine issues? Like, I feel like at this point they could have done this story in maybe seven issues. Like, they didn't need nine. And I don't know, maybe a lot happens in the next two mm-hmm. issues, but I just don't see how it could in with only you know, I don't know, with the story that we have right now, you know, on the page. So I'm curious to see what the payoff is. Well, there's the explanation and then there's the resolution. Yes. I just, I don't know. I just feel like it, we kind of saw all this happening and I just feel like we've taken a long time to get to this point, you know? So I think that's my only, you know, critique of it, you know, and maybe it all pays off, but, Mm -hmm. you know, for me right now, I just wish there was more happening you know, I just feel like there would be more aftermath with that many heroes. I would have liked to see other people's reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that there's been tie-in books and we haven't been reading them. So I, be- I believe the Titans have reacted and everything like that. We're just not seeing it within these books. So maybe just give me a couple more panels and I would have been okay. But I, I, the story with the scope it is, you know, with how big it is, it feels so small mm. um, to what you know, for the events that have happened, you know, because um, honestly, with, like I said, with the sheer carnage that took place, it just feels like event-wise, it'd be like a bigger encompassing event. I would like to know how much this is affecting Superman and Wonder Woman as well, because <laughs> at this point, we are only really seeing Batman and Flash trying to figure this all out. Yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. you would definitely, and the, they're there, they're on panel, but mm. they're not, they're kind of acting like it's just another mission, and I think that's where I'm kind of, you know, because I feel like Wonder Woman especially, you know, she works, you know, at times from a more of an emotional, like, mm. course, so I just would expect more of an emotional response, you know, because she has history with a lot of those, you know, characters, so... Um, and that, like I said, that might be happening in other books and we're just not seeing the main mm-hmm. story. So that just might be my fault as a reader. <laughs> so I you can't know. expect us to read every single No, book. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I, I've loved the books. Mm. So uh, what else do we have, Christian? We have X-Force number five. So I did not love this book. Um, I was enjoying this book. Last issue I thought was kind of a misstep. Um, it felt a little rushed, but 
This was the opposite of feeling rushed. This felt a little long. I did not want the backstory. I, I mean, this really told Cable's, the young Cable's story mm-hmm. here, um, you know, at least bits and pieces of it. Um, we know that there's been a time storm created, you know, where the character was operating at, you know, sometime in the future. I think it was like 2,000 years in the future by um, the young X-Men who show up in the future. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess that it just felt it like the book wasn't earned to me because I just haven't been that invested in that character. Mm-hmm. So, and just what I saw just... I mean, there are horrific scenes that are happening, you know, with this, like, time storm. But I just didn't care about these characters. You know, they're all happening to characters that I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I'd argue that this did... I mean, for me, it felt rushed. Like, Mm -hmm. they just threw this together to tell this part of his story. I think when I say it doesn't feel rushed, it's just more like, I know where you're going, just get it over with. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get back to the main team, Mm -hmm. you know? You know, Warpath was just impaled, so I wonder what the fuck is going on with that. They kind of left you with, like, a cliffhanger. And he still feels like he could die in the next issue. Yes, they did show him getting, like, you know, uh, carried on to the... I'm afraid he's going to sacrifice himself. And he's like, I can still fight, which Mm -hmm. I thought was a cool moment. But otherwise, like, I wanted to spend more time with the team and not so much with, you know, this teenage Nate. So, I don't know. I don't know. It just... We'll see where it all kind of, you know, how it pans out and where we're going um, the next couple of issues. Also, the if the art was different, it was a different artist, this book. Yes, and I it was bothering me. Right? And it's so funny because the art style that, you know, uh, in the previous issues is not my cup of tea. No. But I kind of enjoyed it. It was very cartoony for the, like, I thought it was a good balance with the graphic violence that we we're getting. Mm. Um but this art was just kind of bland to me. Um, I wasn't a fan. And I'm not going to name the penciler. Just maybe he was having a bad day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to look it up. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, this didn't really do much for me, I got to say. So, um, and I now I feel like, too, I was like, why aren't you rushing to the States? We know all, everything that's happening with the X-Men at this point. Why hasn't, like, why hasn't Cyclops reached out to them either? Yeah, well, especially since we know that the reason Cyclops is back is because of the young Cable, so you mm-hmm. would think there'd be more of a relationship and back and forth. And, like, yes, right away, if Cyclops is putting together a new team, why wouldn't he want that Cable, you know, that his son, you know, who brought him back? Not even that, but everyone else. Yes, yes, that is true. Their numbers are, like, yes. <laughs> fucking thin as hell. Yeah, they got a handful of new mutants, <laughs> Mavericks, and, yeah, that's pretty much it, so... Those are um, heavy hitters on and maybe, course. And maybe this, I mean, we don't know what, how, like, you know, the time frame is working. True. Maybe it's just, just a, a day that's taken, you know, place in between. Well, I mean, this so. has all happened back to back to back. Yes, yes. And they make, time, they but... do make reference to, I believe in, like, the third issue, they make reference to all the X-Men being dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They did. Oh, that's right, because we were totally confused about Cannonball's situation. We're like, wait a second, he was there with the team. Why isn't he dead? We but then we realized that. that, yeah, they carried him off to, like, you know, the uh, the med bay or whatever. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's not doing much for me. So. Convenient. <laughs> that's he knew. Fine. He knew. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm gonna get myself stabbed. <laughs> You're all gonna die. <laughs> 
Uh, what do you think about the big announcement with Hickman um, at C2E2 uh, while you're there? Uh, Hickman is going to be taking over or creating two new Axe books, it seems like. Are they supposed to be event books? That's what I was wondering, too. I was like, is these are these going to be two separate books? Is it going to be a kind of a similar situation where it was... Um, you know, the exterminated going into or whatever happened before the exterminated uh-huh. going immediately into that type of scenario. Um, I mean, I'm I'm excited for him to be writing. I'm excited for the books in general. Yeah. But I have no idea what they're... Where they're going, yeah, right? I like the teams. I like what we saw. I love just Hickman's, like, I, the way he crafts stories. So I, I'm excited for that. And I know he's in it for the long mm-hmm. haul when he tells the story. So he must have something serious mapped out. Um, that being said, I'm like really enjoying the uncanny book right now. Mm-hmm. And I want more of what, like, I believe the artist's name is Rosenberg, right? Rosenberg, um, the writer on it. I, I want more of that. So I'm hoping that that doesn't necessarily have to come to an end because of Hickman's books, but I feel like that's going to come to an end. Well, I think we're I think we're going to see a big year with X Men in general. Yes, where especially now that uh, Marvel has all the rights at this point, mm-hmm. they're going to want to put it in the books. You know, this oh. big grand story. It's just it. all these like false starts that are killing me with yeah. them. You know, because they we keep on we got it with the blue and gold books. You know, we're like, okay, it's a fresh start. And then, you know, nothing comes mm. of it. It's actually quite disappointing. And then with the start of Uncanny X-Men 1, you know, where we get the big, you know, um, you know, fresh start for Uncanny, bringing the title back and everything like that. The be- the very beginning was very lackluster, you know. Like, I- it was an okay X-Men story, but it was everything that we've seen before. Mm. Um, Age of X-Men kind of picked things up a little more, but like what we're getting right now from the Uncanny book, I really like. It's a fresh take and something new. Um, so I, I'm just disappointed that we're not going to get that. The, the titles of the books that he's doing is House of X and Powers of X. And the artwork that they have um, featured for you know the big announcement um, is like literally like a who's who of the X Men, mm. but it's all yeah, different like incarnations of them too. I'm excited with what I saw with Xavier being there. Yes, yes, but I'm interested to see like, are we just seeing like different, you know, X Men different like from different eras? Because we've got like the punk rock version of Storm. You know, we've got like two or three different Wolverines on this cover. So I. Like, I don't know if it's just more of, like, an homage or just a collage of, like, you know, the X-Men's greatest hits or if it's going to really, you know, be part of the story. So Or they're going to fuck with time. Oh, God. No. <laughs> yeah, but I would love for, you know, Professor X to be brought back in the fold. Hmm. I definitely would, you know, wouldn't mind seeing well, that. Like, I'm still curious what's going on with uh, a man called X yeah. at the moment. Especially yeah. with what every, all the events that have just transpired. Right? Like, was he... Because he wasn't part of that. No. So is he still around? You and know? I think that would be an interesting, interesting interaction between him, him and, and Cyclops. Cyclops, right? Yeah. yeah. I am waiting for that. That would be pretty fucking awesome to see. So, you know, but I mean, I, with a caliber writer of Hickman, I'm wondering if Marvel just kind of gave him like a clean slate to just go, you know, do your story. Cause, well, it would be pretty easy at the end of whatever they're going for with Uncanny and Age, Age of X-Men, X-Men. Yeah. to just wipe the slate clean. Yeah, it's like, okay, right. just make sure that the board is set with these players and let me go. So, 
Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Because I like I was saying before, I've enjoyed like the smaller scope mm. of the team, and I, from that image alone, I'm like, oh no, they're going big again. <laughs> and that's how his uh, Avengers team was. The, the Avengers team was huge. It's like one of the biggest ever. Mm. But it was good storytelling. It was good storytelling. Um, next up, we had the Amazing Spider-Man number eighteen. Christian, you got caught up on this, right? Yes. Okay. Um, what were your thoughts about this? Um, I I like what they're doing with like selling the Craven bots to these uh-huh. rich folks. I think that's a fun idea. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Craven to me. No. Though it feels that's like... that was very true. I was like, is this something that Craven has set up, or is this something that Arcade's children? Or, yeah, I know Arcade's a part of it. Yeah. Like, well, no, I'm saying like, is it something that Arcade's doing on okay, the side? On his own, yeah. You know, with Craven's blessing, because he is working for Craven. We've seen. So um, I don't know, and it, like we don't know his long term plan. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's focused around Spider Man, and I don't know if the other characters are just there for Ken fodder or what absolutely um <laughs> so it's interesting i i do i know they have you know him passing the mantle to you know his offspring um i do kind of wish it was him who was you know hunting spider-man again and make it more of a personal story um but we'll see how it plays out obviously they've had this in the works for a while um, and this is only part two, so we've got much more of the story to go. But it's been fun so far, mm. you know. It was, a, it was a cool idea with, like, you know, the VR and everything like that. And, like, you know, all the, you know, rich snobs, you know, who are too scared to go and hunt on their own. Hunting these villains with these insane craven bats. Um, you know, I, so far I have not been disappointed. So, um, but yeah. Uh, what do we have next? We've got, oh, Ironheart number four. I did not read any of this. <laughs> so you're on your own, Christian. Well, David, uh, last time we checked in, we, we were with her, we saw, we read the first issue and, uh, yeah, I think the book has done a good job of, um, you know, dealing with Ironheart's, um, kind of like depression and what she's going on with the concepts of loss and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, right now. Boy, uh, there's this kind of weird assassins group, uh, the Ten Rings. Okay. Is it ten or seven? It's like the Ten Rings group. Okay. Um, and they, she's Are they kind related of, to the Mandarin? Um, somehow? I think so. Okay. That's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but as we saw in the first one, uh, she picks up the emblem and she's curious about it and everything, but she... Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, right, all of a sudden she had the the virtual, like, VR, right? Like, pop up and it's her friend. Yes. It's a version of her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that had, like, died and everything. Yes, that passed away. Yes. Okay. Um, the relationship with the AI is very interesting. Uh, the AI has got this whole personality. Okay. I mean, it's based off her memories, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like this AI is way overstepping what any normal AI yeah, would yes. do. Now, is this something that Riri's created on her own, or did it take a life of its own? It's kind of taken a life of its own. It's It was created by Riri, but she but, didn't understand how much she was putting into it, I guess. So she, she unknowingly, like subconsciously, basically created mm-hmm. an AI with her friend's personality? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, you know... It's a lot of her dealing with her mom as well. 
Like, her mom's been through all this loss as well. Mm-hmm. So, Riri's kind of being self, like, almost self-harming in a way where she's not dealing with her emotions. She's just trying to throw herself into her work okay. and everything. And it's, you know, it's hurting her outside So, she's avoiding. But then the AI is there, like, complaining to her the entire mm-hmm. time. Like, you need to, you know, go to either see professional help or... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, the AI is actually giving her good advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did anything come of um, the family friend that she was talking to at the end of the first um, issue? Um, she was kidnapped. Oh, okay. No, was it a... Oh, the a, male the, friend? The male friend, Oh, yes. um, he's just a friend at the moment. You know? Okay. Just, uh, she goes back home because she can't stand um, the college. She keeps bringing people over to see her lab and everything. To tour, yeah. yeah. I do remember that. So she went back home and uh, she's been hanging out with him and he's been kind of helping her out a little bit. Okay, so they're teasing a possible future relationship between the two. I guess it seems more friendship-based at the moment. Come on, Christian. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying... The first issue, they're like, strictly up. like, yeah, there's going to be a relationship. But the rest has been like, uh, oh, they're just buddy-buddy. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> they're hooking up. Uh, <laughs> uh, have we had any other, like, characters show up? Um, you know, they bring up uh, this friend that kind of helped her in high school, pretty much. Uh, kind of like... Because she went to high school at, like, seven or eight. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, so she had uh, this older... Um, girl pretty much walked her through it was like high school age right exactly and she gets kidnapped and we don't know why what what she's why this all happened okay and that's when riri starts attaching it to the ten rings everything oh and then she starts discovering that these kids are like running around stealing items from um people that work for the military and everything and just kind of like slowly uncovering this mystery and then she gets attacked at home so (laughs) I had they fleshed out her like supporting cast at all? Um, beyond the friends, not really. It's it's a very it's focused mostly on her. her. Okay. Um, the friend and the AI are kind of like the only two outside voices other than the mom. Such as because supporting cast for like a solo book like this is mm-hmm. so important to have like a strong supporting cast. I feel like that's always been like the strength of like the Spider Man book is always having such a strong supporting cast. I think we're going to be building up to there. Especially yeah. we got the friend, we got the mom, yeah. we have the AI. And I'm assuming we're gonna have this new friend come more into the full um as time goes on. Has it touched anything like on anything with like her and the champions or has it just been kind of like she 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 just says uh like they ask like why aren't the champions helping you out with this? Okay. And um she's just like it's awkward between us and the champions. I, I don't know I don't remember exactly what kind of term she left. Yeah, the last time. So I think she's still part of the team. She's still though, part right? of the team. So okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know where this is kind of lining up story exactly. wise too. So all right, yeah, it yeah. reminds me a lot of. So you do know, you recommend it? Like, oh yeah, I I'm absolutely three recommend behind right now, especially so. one of the <laughs> younger heroes. This this has definitely uh, been a deeper story than I thought it would be. Okay, I, it reminds me a lot of like Iron Man dealing with his alcoholism alcoholism oh, okay. in ways where she's dealing with um, the grief of death and everything in her yeah. past. Um, a great moment is when she gets into this fight with one of the Ten Rings members and um, she hold, I mean, he holds her up the same way Thanos did and she immediately gets a flashback Oh, she felt. Okay. Everything. So it's like there's that PTSD that she's dealing with as well. I'm, You know what? I, I think that's awesome that we're seeing more of that actually in the books. Exactly. It only makes sense. 
these characters are constantly on a battlefield. <laughs> so, of course, they would be, you know, suffering from the, the effects of, like, PTSD. Exactly. So, I haven't been reading Miss Marvel, but I, I've seen that in a lot of Miles' books. Uh-huh. Where he'll be dealing with, like, the stress of his past. Especially with the younger characters, exactly. you think. I mean, how traumatizing and just overwhelming everything would be for them. So, it's great that they're going down that route. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as it's well done. You know, bravo. Um, all right, man. Well, I will definitely pick up this book. So you recommend it? Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it for comics this week. Yes, we got to get on to wrestling. This is Murderous Miners, Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Minors, Killer Kids. I am training for my WWE comeback. I am a red belt in karate. Seamus and Cesaro are going to get these. All right, Christian, we are on the ever winding road to WrestleMania. Yes. So this week there's more bumps and you know, roadblocks and <laughs> just fucking accidents on the just road. Potholes. Holy shit. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, um, but let's talk about Raw first. All right. We'll eventually get to SmackDown. Um, but yeah, so we had the announcement before Raw that the women's title match is main eventing WrestleMania. Yeah. Bravo. I think we all saw this in the yes. cards. I'm glad that they announced it so they can't change their fucking mind last minute because that was a fear. Um, but it feels rightfully so. It's been the main focus. It's been one of the more entertaining storylines. Um, and like I said, Becky Lynch is probably the most over-wrestler in yes. the company. Hey, most Vince deserving. Could, Vince could still come out WrestleMania and say, we're having the match right now at the beginning of the show. Fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fucking company, right? So, but yeah. So, and they're getting, it's a smart PR move because they're getting mm-hmm. tons of good press about it. Even though they're really like five years behind, you know, everyone else. Yeah. And you look at Impact and, but whatever. Uh, so, but it. It is the biggest stage, wrestling-wise. So it's cool that they're main eventing. I know it's huge for the wrestlers. So, um, but yeah, no. So that was that was huge. But what wasn't huge was the way they started off Raw. They started off Raw with a half-baked uh, beat the clock segment. Why they were beating the clock, Christian? No one knows. <laughs> like the announcers alluded to momentum at one point. Usually when you're doing that kind of gimmick match, it's for like, uh, like you know, the Elimination Chamber yeah, or something like, like that for like placement in the match or, yeah. This made no sense. It made no sense. It's like they're just running out of ideas at this point. Um, it just shows you that they don't know how to book long term. Mm-hmm. 
you know, with the crazy fucking twists and turns that the storyline has taken over the last two months, that they're just kind of now at, like, the end and just like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. Next week um, on Raw, they're actually having them all team up against the Riot Squad. Because oh, yeah. we haven't jobbed Since, out yeah. the Riot Squad enough at this point. <sighs> Thankfully, during the Beat the Clock segment, Ruby Riot didn't fucking lose mm. the match, technically. I've never seen them do it quite this way, where, like, Charlotte didn't beat the clock, so the match just kind of ended. Because they had everyone, like, you know, sitting there still. Usually, like, that segment takes place throughout the card, mm-hmm. you know? But they had them all just standing there awkwardly. And then, like, you know, she didn't beat the clock, so then they're like, okay, well, the match just just didn't happen, and they walked off. Just poorly bucked. <laughs> Poorly booked. Well, that was what I was afraid of, you know, three weeks ago. I was like, what are they going to do for the rest of this period? <sighs> they just don't <laughs> seem to have long-term storytelling mm. down anymore. It's very bizarre to me. You know, because especially during WrestleMania season, you know, back in the day, that this is what Vince did, you know? So it, I just don't get it. I don't know if it's just this crop of riders that he has, or he just doesn't care anymore. He doesn't think our attention spans are long enough to handle it. It just, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to see them standing in the ring just talking again. I didn't need that, but I also didn't need this. Mm-hmm. You know, give me some fucking video packages. You know, give me your best hits. Give me, I mean, they used to do these fucking stellar fucking promos that would get you fucking hyped. For even the most, like, mediocre, like, program. Like, like holy shit, I need to know if X-Pac can fucking beat Test. Like, you know, shit that you don't really care about, but the the, the fucking promo mm. would just put you over the top. Um, they don't do those anymore, and I don't like, know why. Batista Undertaker's like, that whole video package is what still sells me on that. Yes, yes. They have some day. fucking awesome music, right? <laughs> it felt like it was always the doors for some reason. Like, this is the end. You know, like, and then, like, you know, that you'd have fucking bombs blowing up in the background, you know, interchange with fucking, you know, Batista bombs and shit like that. I mean, they're really well done, like, you know packages for shit that you know were like eh but yeah no no we don't do that anymore and i don't mm. know why I don't, I don't get it it feels like something that would be easily done too nowadays i'm sure you could get like an intern to put together those packages yes. for you so um but anyway uh yeah so we move on um finn had to win a handicap uh match against lashley and ginger mahal for I don't know why. It of doesn't course. make why any not? sense. So <laughs> he had to win a handicap match to get the number one contendership to then face Lashley at WrestleMania. Okay. I don't know what the point of his title reign a month ago was. You know, it's like it feels very much like they're like, okay, we're going to give him the title. Oh shit, why do we give him the title now? Yeah. <laughs> we want him to win it at WrestleMania so he has that moment. Because I think I even said, I was like, I'm surprised that they gave it to him here. You'd think that they have that like mania moment with him. Well, apparently they agreed <laughs> and just like redid everything they did. Because even the way that he won that belt was so lackluster because he pinned Leo Rush. Yeah. So maybe they realized they booked themselves into a corner. I don't know. But this made no sense. Of course, Finn won. He's facing Lashley now. 
you know, Lashley is coming into his own as a heel, though. I'll give him that. So that's the one bright spot, you know, of the program. I feel like he's kind of getting comfortable in that role now. Will he be okay without Leo? Um, Leo's with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, you're saying eventually? Yeah, eventually. I think so. I, I think so, but I, I don't foresee them breaking up but that chemistry anytime soon. I think Leo does help him, mm-hmm. you know, as a mouthpiece. Um, but he has to be kind of a bully, kind of how Lesnar is. He's like baby Lesnar, really. You know, um, he's just a little more physical with Leo. You know, just kind of tossing him around when he gets pissed off. I think he attacked the Singh brothers after the match and Jinder. So they're kind of giving him that kind of role now. Gotcha. Where it don't piss him off. So, which is good. It works for him. So, uh, the NXT guys uh, beat the Revival again. <laughs> so maybe they're going to get a tag title match at Mania. It, it felt like the commentators were kind of hinting at it, but. It also feels like they're planting seeds because people backstage really don't know yet, mm-hmm. you know, what they want to do. So, um, yeah, it's really not doing the revival any favors. Um, but I'm almost wondering if if they do get the match at Mania if they lose. Um, I don't because I just don't see them as champs long term. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like after Mania, they're going to kind of split up and move on. You know, to single, you know, rules. So, um, and I hope so for the revival's sake because they've <laughs> done nothing but jobs since they fucking won those belts. So, um, we had Roman and Drew come out um, next, and it was dry as all fuck. It was horrible. I mean, I just, they need to stop writing for Drew. They overwrite for him. Mm. He just comes off so unnatural. Um, he, they're giving him too much time to talk, I think. So um, I just want more physicality from him and less of the talking. You know, I just feel like we've heard him talk so much this year. You know, it just doesn't, you know, help him at all. Like I felt like this did nothing. For Are you their saying program. that's not what got him over in the first week? No, <laughs> no, he's okay on the mic, but it's just the writing is just mm-hmm. bad. You know, I mean, maybe he's not comfortable, like, going off script. I'm not sure. Um, but it's just, it's not working. So um, th- I don't think this did anything for the feud right now. Um, and I liked wh- how they set everything up with him taking out all the shield and everything. But they also set up another match between him and Dean for the main event. Which was just, I mean, I- I've seen this already. Mm-hmm. This time it was like a false count anywhere match. Once again, I hope this is the last we've seen of Dean. I just don't need to see him anymore. Um, but who knows? Maybe he resigned. I don't know. Because it feels like they're still featuring him a little too much for someone who's on his yeah. way out. Uh, what else do we get, man? Um, I thought they did a good job with the women's tag team um, title picture. Um, from a standpoint of I thought they made Bath look strong. It's the way they should have booked Beth right off the bat when they had her interact with everyone. You know, she did her move. I can't remember the name of her glam Glamazon bomb or something no. like that. What it's, is it called? It's a, she, it says a drop or something. Yeah. I don't remember. It's a, I, I mean, know what the move she is. She did it to Tamina. It was a nice move. Yes. 
So, but I she, saw her clear the ring. Yes, yeah, she looked she looked strong, and th- I mm. think that's how they needed to reintroduce her to fans right off the bat, um, to jog their memory like who she is and what she's about. Um, so I'm glad that they realized their mistake and they booked her in this way. Um, you know, here um, because I think it does help the angle a little. So um, then we got Joe versus Kurt. Um, great match. Um, I like what they're doing with the whole like you know farewell tour and everything like that. Um, Samoa Joe? Yeah, Samoa Joe on on Raw. On Raw, he showed okay. up on Raw. <laughs> I guess they're letting Kurt Angle pick his opponents. He's going. Uh, Rey Mysterio is going to wrestle him on Raw next week. Oh, okay. So. Um, Joe came out fucking cutting a badass promo, as always. They just need to let him walk out with a fucking mic. It's just saying, like, I don't give a shit. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking cry any tears for you. They actually alluded to their history in TNA, which mm. was nice. I was happy to see because they have a storied history in TNA. So the commentators even alluded to it. They said, you know, this isn't the first time they faced off each with each other. It's just the first time they faced each other in a WWE ring. You know, that they've had a long history. And even in the match, they referenced their first match, which was nice. Um, Joe headbutted Angle, and that's how they started off mm-hmm. their first match with Angle headbutting Joe um, when they first faced each other. So I thought that was fucking awesome. I was like, I like that touch right there. That's the kind of like wrestling nerd I am where mm-hmm. <laughs> they just do that little shit where I'm like, oh shit, you know. Um, so it was a good match. It really was. Um, Angle went over, which I was surprised by, but I guess, you know, you got to build them up a little before WrestleMania. Yes. I just don't like all the losses that, you know, Joe's, you know, kind of accumulating. He feels very much like the revival right now where he won the fucking yeah. belt and then, you know, hey, you're going to job now for the next month or two. Um, I do feel like since he's jobbing so much, he'll probably end up beating Mysterio, though, at me. Mm. So. Um, but anyway, uh, the SNL guys were on fucking uh, Moment of Bliss. They're going to be in the yeah, Andre the Giant Battle that. Royal, and it's going to be god-awful. I'm hoping it's pre-show. <laughs> They're funny on SNL. No, I don't mind them on SNL at all, but, but they don't, I don't want to see them in a fucking... Yeah. Uh, like, I like Drew Carey. I didn't want to see him in a fucking <laughs> Battle Royal, and now he's in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah. So does this qualify them for the Hall of Fame Probably. for the celebrity win? Did they announce a celebrity uh, for the Hall of Fame this year? I haven't noticed. Man, I hope they don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit about that. Mm. Man, especially the like C-list fucking celebrities that they get. Um, but yeah, so it it was what it was, man. I mean, I guess it, it's it's better than other manias in the past. We don't have tons of fucking celebrities this year. You know, taking time from the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corbin got his win back against Apollo. I don't understand what the point was. Once again, I feel like they looked at what they did last week and was like, oh, wait, why the fuck do we do that? Because they had Corbin lose to Apollo, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. You're trying to build up Corbin so the match matters at Mania against Angle. I still don't think the match is happening <laughs> at Mania. I still feel, I, maybe I'm in denial. <laughs> and I get it. It could be a possibility of just me just being in denial that they wouldn't do something this stupid. But I feel like there might be some kind of resemblance of a match at Mania, but then something's going to happen, you know, where... Do, do you think Nicholas comes in? I hope so. Saves, <laughs> saves I almost would rather angle. see Nicholas versus Angle. <laughs> 
than Corbin at this point. It would definitely be I just feel like Cena's music's gonna hit, mm-hmm. you know, or even The Undertaker's. Because I haven't even alluded to him coming at WrestleMania time, right? Um, I don't believe so. The Chicago crowd alluded to him. They're chanting for Cena very hard. Um, but yeah, no, I don't believe so. So we haven't heard anything. So maybe he'll have that moment, that ruthless aggression, you know, moment where we just go full circle. But who knows? It just, it like, it just feels almost too perfect for them to, you know, pass by, but they will. Um, Seth's promo was okay. It just, it, once again, it's it's hard to fucking book this shit when the other wrestler's never there. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the problem with Lesnar. It's just, it's hard to do p- programs when the guy's not there. So it's like Seth screaming at Paul Heyman, you know, yeah. trying to intimidate a, you know, fat old man. It just doesn't really register. I was surprised Heyman was saying, I hope you win on the ground. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> He's such a weasel. Um, Triple H and Batista. Triple H was making jokes in the ring. He kind of put his career up, but it was very like nonchalant and matter of factly. Like, all right, I guess it's a retirement match. Not like putting it over at all. You know, it just feels so half-assed. Once again. and he knows the truth. Once again, it's booking when someone else isn't there. So you're not building up Batista. All we've seen of him really is, you know, besides him standing there on the mic, spitting all over the place, is, you know, him attacking Flair. Yes. Which was fucking great. That was a great intro Mm -hmm. to the whole, you know, package and everything. And, you know, like, okay, let's start off this feud with a bang. It's something that we hadn't seen in a while. It was a great way to end the show. And it was out of nowhere. But then since then, it's just been flat. You know, and they're giving them way too much mic time. Yeah, you know, um, some things he said were funny. He made reference to everyone doing the Spice Girl thing with Batista. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know, he talked for about five minutes too long again. So. So Batista comes out next week, totally spears Stephanie, and there we go. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie will do it. She's a fucking badass. Yeah. And this is a Triple She'll H fucking... angle unless Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie gets, gets hurt. Yeah, or like she's handcuffed to the ropes and Randy mm. Orton slithering over to her. Like, <laughs> some disturbing. She got punted in that feud, didn't she? I know Vince got punted. I think he started to kiss her while she was unconscious or yes. something horrible. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this would play nowadays, Randy. <laughs> Especially with all the stories about him backstage. Hey, get him over as a healer. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then we had the Drew versus Dean match, which it was what it was. But we saw, like, I felt like yes. we saw this match two weeks ago. So, um, so then SmackDown happened. Yes. Usually the superior show. Yes, usually. And besides some booking decisions and story-wise, the wrestling was better. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I don't know what they're doing. I really don't understand what the hell's going on. So uh, they came out. uh, The New Day came out to the ring. Um, They cut pretty good promos in the ring you know selling everything that's been happening mm. you know between kofi and mcmahon my issue is they came out skipping and throwing pancakes you know and then like went yes. on like talking about like oh we're gonna quit yeah it's like 
well, why the fuck are you skipping down the ramp? You know, like that was my one like problem with everything. I get it, you know. <laughs> How awesome would it have been if the pancakes had I quit on them? Uh huh. Right. <laughs> I really think they should have dropped. I think they're playing with the whole AEW thing now that's out there, and I, I like that that they're doing that. They should have just dropped the name. I think that would have been a bigger moment them and i know vince just doesn't have it in his dna to put over the competition saying, that, like that is that like drawing too much attention at that point probably for him mm-hmm. but i mean he's not scared of them i mean he will attack them the, as much as he possibly can but he's obviously not above using it for a storyline mm-hmm. so why not throw out there he's thrown out you know other companies names before like i remember when they did the whole hardy thing you know, when the whole Wida fiasco happened, you know, uh, Matt was actually allowed to compete in ROH for a little bit. And then they name dropped ROH multiple times, like on the show. Mm. So I don't see why he, you know, cares, you know, that much. And I think it adds some sizzle to, to everything. Cause I mean, that's obviously what they're trying to do. Right I would now. just name drop Cody in general. Yeah. Are you going to go wrestle for Cody? Like that's all they'd have to say, mm. you know? Oh, uh, but yeah, so... Um, Which they should. Vince came out, he challenged the, uh, you know, well, he challenged Big E and Xavier. Um, he said, I know that Kofi's a B-plus player, but are you guys? And then he set up another fucking gauntlet match. <sighs> Just like, you know, it it's what three now in like a month and a half and i didn't mind the first two honestly my issue is you keep on doing this and it literally takes up the whole show yeah it's two weeks away from wrestlemania so all the other angles get put on the back burner so then you don't have time to sell you know all the other smackdown roster you know storylines that are going on um so i i it's hurting. It's hurting SmackDown. And I think one reason why we get the ridiculous booking decision that they made, you know, right after this is because of something like this where, you know, they haven't had any time to fucking build up Asuka, you know, and her little feud that was going on with Mandy Rose and um, Sonya Deville. Um, I wasn't a fan of that feud, but apparently... And what we're talking about is Asuka dropped the fucking belt yes. what, well, to Charlotte. I want to know what led up to them even having a match. Okay. I don't know, Christian. That's a good <laughs> question. Because <laughs> it didn't even feel like the announced team understood what was going on at the time. Apparently it was very last minute. Um, the reason why, what I was getting to was the reason why was Vince felt like he couldn't like justify having that match take place on WrestleMania because there hasn't been enough built for it. Like no one would care and that would just hurt the title by having it defended on WrestleMania in a match that no one cares about. But whose fucking fault is it that no one cares about that title right now? Your fault, you know? And yes, I I do love basically 90% of everything they've done with the Kofi angle. I really do. But at the same time, you're not focusing on anyone else. And then you had Asuka off camera for like a month after she had mm-hmm. that huge win over Becky at Rumble. And we thought, okay, they're building up Asuka. I was like, this actually makes sense. I didn't like the fact that Becky tapped out to her. But I was like, okay, you want to build up Asuka so then you could put her in a program that matters at WrestleMania. No. 
then yes, then they fucking, you know, do the whole Mandy Rose shit, which we were terrified at Fastlane that she was going to actually win the fucking belts. She didn't, thank God. But then it seemed like, oh God, Asuka's just going to be a prop in this three-way, you know, match at Mania with like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Like I felt like that was what's going to end up happening or being booked. Mm So they must have seen that and said, no, well, you know what? Charlotte needs something sparkly to walk down the aisle with at Mania. Because otherwise, there's no reason. That title's just a prop Mm -hmm. for that. And it really just shits on the whole women's division on SmackDown. Completely. You know, it really doesn't do them any fucking favors whatsoever. And it doesn't make any sense booking-wise. Unless they're going to unify the titles. And, like, right away, and we might even talk, do we talk about them unifying the title at some point? I feel like I'll have to listen back. Well, we've talked about the end of the brand split in general. I think we were talking about the women's title, like, maybe being unified. Just because with the whole Fox deal, like, wanting your, like, hottest talent. And then Mm -hmm. also, I think the tag division is kind of depleted, like, you know, your women's, you know, singles division. Because you've got so many tag teams, too. Um that maybe that it would actually help them. But yeah, and then the brand split, I feel like, is going away. Mm. And like this week alone shows you why it's kind of dissipating because you've got Samoa Joe just showing up wherever he wants and whatever. But um, it just made no sense. It really did. Fantastic match, though. Hell, probably the best TV match of the year between Asuka and Charlotte. Really well done. I mean, if they had a little more time, it'd probably be better than their Mania match. Hard-hitting, great fucking spots. They've got so much chemistry in the ring, it's ridiculous. Um, I just hope they don't forget about that after Mania. Like, if if they're going to do anything where it's not a unification match or anything like that, and Charlotte's going to continue on as the SmackDown champ, I hope... They pick up from here and let Asuka go after that belt and let them at least work a fucking long program. I don't think I have no faith that that's going to no, happen. Exactly. But I mean, they could have fucking they five star matches like all night long, mm. you know. And that's where because that's what we thought was going to actually happen too. Uh, yeah, I wanted Asuka Charlotte too because we Mania. thought that was going to end up happening at Mania and then yeah we had everything that happened with Charlotte being inserted in the match and I get it I kind of understand logically why you're putting Charlotte in the match because then you can string along you know everyone else and you could have another you know a singles match between Ronda well, and you know yeah at this point Becky. it's for Charlotte to take the pin in my mind yeah oh absolutely it's absolutely. just so that Ronda doesn't look weak well, yeah, and then you can save it for another money fucking pay-per-view, you know, down the line. Mm-hmm. So I agree 100%, you know, and then you've got heat still between Becky and, you know, Ronda. Ronda says, well, I never lost my belt. You never pinned me, you know, so then you can go off that angle. Um, I hope they do about face because, I mean, people right away were shitting all over it. Um you know, I hope they at least try to unify the titles mm-hmm. or something. Like, there's some lot. I can see that reason. happening next Raw. You know, they're like, okay, well, you put your title on the line now. You know, I want both of those titles. Um, that would be great. You know, like, whoever wins walks away with both titles. I'd be fine with that. You know. Um, and I think having Becky be able to, you know, go on both shows will help. 
you know, I mean, she's a huge draw for them right now. She was the highest merch seller mm-hmm. um, the past couple months, I believe. So, I mean, that's big. That's huge. So, but I just... And then, <laughs> you know, they had the whole tag team gauntlet match going on. And they did the thing they did last week where they have the wrestlers kind of gathering around the TV and cheering on Kofi. Or they're, t- they're cheering on the New Day. And Kofi, he's banned from ringside. So he's got to be back there and everything. Like, they have fucking Asuka back there cheering. She just lost the fucking belt. She's not cheering. She shouldn't be sitting there cheering on, you know, the New Day. She'd be fucking furious that she just lost the fucking title. She can do a good heel, too, which is another issue I have with that, where it's like, oh my god, what if they just built her as this next a monster? monster heel at this point? Yeah, yeah. Right now, I think the way that they're booking, and I agree that she could just be this monster heel and that'd be fantastic. She just can't be on the same brand as Charlotte then. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I feel like if they do anything, she'll be chasing after Charlotte, trying to get her belt back. Because there's money there. Like, that... It seriously, it, they have such chemistry in the ring. It's such a good fucking match. I just, I just don't know if WWE can handle more than two women's angles at any time. Um, yeah, I mean, not on the same show. I I agree with that because I even felt like the way they booked the whole tag title, you know, mm-hmm. scene um at first was lackluster. So um, it doesn't feel like they have you know that. But they they can't book. And I don't think it's just because it's the women. I think they can't book two main, like, storylines at once. Mm-hmm. It seems like once they focus on one storyline, they just kind of forget everything else. Everything else is put on the back burner. So I think it's funny that last week they announced that it was supposed to be a fatal four-way for the number one contendership. Yeah, on yeah. This week. And then they just have Charlotte come out with the title. I'm not, like, watch it back if you get a chance. The announcers feel confused to me. Like... It, they had Becky in backstage saying that she, you know, she knows what she did to get into the, you know, main event. She knows why Rhonda is in the main event. She knows what she's bringing to the table. But what is Charlotte bringing to the table? And then all of a sudden, Charlotte's music fucking hits. And she's walking out there. And the announcers announce that it's going to be Charlotte versus Asuka next. Like, like confused, mm-hmm. almost. Um, well, that, I mean, that phrasing alone just feels like, oh yeah, now it's going to be unifying the titles. You know, um, and then even when they came back, I thought she was going to beat Asuka. Like, I didn't realize it was for the title. Like, so they come back from the commercial break and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, she's going to beat Asuka and say, well, I did what you couldn't do, mm-hmm. you know, which makes sense logically because, you know, Becky lost to Asuka. So here, I can be fucking Asuka. What, that's what I can bring, you know. Um, but then the fact that they said, and the title's on the line. I was like, what is happening? I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, well, Mandy Rose has got, you know, must be getting involved here or something. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen. But no, she beat her for the fucking title. You know, and she tapped out. <laughs> Just, oh, I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, but right afterwards they showed the graphic and they said for the Raw women's title. Didn't make reference to the SmackDown belt at all. So literally it sounds like it's a prop at this point. You know, just to say that Charlotte has won the belt more than anyone else. 
you know, because now she's the eight-time women's champion. So now she has, you know, won the belt more than anyone in the history, you know, of the women's championship. So I feel like that's the main reason they did that. Great. So ESPN had a little flub on their part. They had all the women there doing like an interview. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? And they did like the little main plates for everyone. And they like each one, like, you know, like Becky, Royal Rumble winner, blah, blah, blah. So many times champion, Ronda, um, you know, UFC champ, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, uh, Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that was the start of all this, but yeah, this isn't the way to correct that. Not at all. Because Charlotte doesn't, she doesn't need anything. No. She doesn't need anything. Um, but yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we had the, the tag, you know, gauntlet match. New Day went over um, as it kind of expected at this point. Um, it was okay, but we've been here at this point. I thought, I thought it was a little anticlimactic not having Kofi out there at least hmm. you know and not doing anything to get there i mean he's already earned it obviously storyline wise multiple times but like it would have been i feel like a bigger moment if kofi was at least like able to be like ringside you know i was just surprised um, that they didn't try to screw over the team again well they did way. kind of they did kind of because the usos came out and they forfeited they said we're refusing to wrestle you guys out of respect to kofi and everything hmm. like that you know, um, I would have, it was a cool moment, but I would have rather had them say like, you know, we're not anyone's pawn, you know, we're not going to be a pawn in this game, you know, screw McMahon, whatever, you know, and we just walked out. I, I think that would have been a better way to kind of go about forfeiting, but whatever. Um, then, um, they thought they were winning and then all of a sudden Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan came out, um, to fight them. So... That was like the little, like, you know, hiccup, like, you know, that was thrown their way. But then, yeah, Big E, even the way that they won it wasn't by pin, it was by count out. Uh, Big E ended up tossing Rowan over a table and then putting the table on top of Rowan. I don't know why Rowan can't get the table off of him. He's not <laughs> And Big E even tried to, <laughs> the way he sold, like, picking up the table and like putting it on top of Rowan was ridiculous. Watch it he back. Made it look heavy. He made it look like it was like 500 pounds. So I was like, that table does not weigh that much. Mm. You know, it's fucking plywood. So, um, but yeah, whatever. I mean, it was a good moment for Kofi. I just wish he was more involved in how mm. they, you know, end up winning. You know, even like, you know, someone tries to interfere and Kofi stops them and then they get the pin or something like that. So then he has something to do with the outcome. So, but I guess storyline wise, it makes sense to have, you know, New Day to help him get there. You know, it's big for the group at least. And then down the line, you know, it's nice cannon fodder for one of them to turn on Kofi and say, you know, we're the reason why you're even here. You know, you couldn't do it on your own. So, um, which I, I'm terrified it'll happen like at Mania and then Kofi won't win. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to win. I do too. I do too. Um, you know, we'll talk. We'll do our predictions mm. next week. Just we have three like major storylines right now, and I don't foresee them all having happy endings. So one of those, unfortunately, are not going to end well. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see which one it is. Okay. <laughs> 
Then we all know which one it is. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and still champion. Uh, which one would you prefer, Christian? If, if I had you had to, to choose between... one, if you, if you had to choose one to end, you know, on a cliffhanger or a swerve. Well, okay, let's make it harder. We take away Rollins versus Brock because that's the one I immediately pick. Okay, uh, so that's one you, where you're okay with Rollins not winning. Yes. Okay. It's fine. Because I think point, at this point you're just surprised. you're numb to it, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just going to be Reigns again versus Brock Lesnar. Yes, in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> so okay, so, so between, we'll go down to two between Kofi's, the women's title and Kofi. <sighs> see, and I, I'll tell. Okay, I'll tell you my pick. Okay, is this personal preference or what I think is going to actually happen? I, I I would say personal, but what do you think is going to happen? I think if it's between those two, it's definitely going to be Becky. Who goes over just because they're main eventing. Mm-hmm. Yo McMahon is always typically want people to leave, you know, Mania happy. You know, we did have that one year where Lesnar ended up winning the fucking, you know, title, but I don't think people want to see Roman win anyway. You know, he retained the title, so I think it was just letting people leave confused. So, but besides that, usually you want people to be happy leaving Mania. The good taste in their mouth. So I feel like Becky is more than likely going to go over. She's probably not going to pin Ronda. Probably be Charlotte, but yeah. So that means that Kofi, Kofi if yeah. it's between those two. But I don't think it's between those two. I think it's going to be Rollins losing, you know, um, if anything. So This makes the most sense. Or he might just say, fuck us, and just... <laughs> <laughs> Just book a miserable WrestleMania where no one, none of the fan favorites win, and just everyone goes home sad and depressed. Rollins is the only one that wins. You know, Mania's going to be like nine hours this year, too. Like, there, there's a ridiculous amount of matches this year. It's insane. But it's still, it's regular four-hour time, right? No. It's not four hours, man. Last year was like five or six. What time does it start? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you have to account for the three to four hour opening oh, too. Oh god! I wouldn't be surprised if they um, announced like a like a mania two day mania for next year. Mm-hmm. If they move it to a two day event, I could definitely see them doing that. I don't want to watch a two day event. New Japan's doing it with Wrestle Kingdom this year. I don't want Wrestle Kingdom to do it either, but whatever. I'm okay with that because you remember last year with Russell Kingdom a lot, or this year was um, a lot of people who deserved to be on the card wasn't on the card. Hmm. You know, there are a lot of like. Wasn't know, it more? Didn't it feel more rushed this year as well? The matches, or they were shorter. It was shorter mm-hmm. overall, and then they had a lot of people in that like you know gimmick battle royal that they did, um, or it was like a tag team gauntlet or something, right? Yeah, it was like pre-show. It wasn't even on the main card. So, um, if that's going to be the case, I hope they end up doing two two nights. I'd be okay with that. So, um, all right. Well, was there any other wrestling news? Was there anything else we wanted to get into? Okada won the New Japan Cup. Yes. 
He will be facing off against Jay White at um, Madison Square Garden. G One Supercard. Is it? The, is it really being called the G One Supercard? Yeah, instead of Supercard of Honor, it's G One this time. Okay, but how far why. away? Yeah, well, how far away are we from the actual G One? I feel like it's a while. I think they just like the name G One a lot. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so uh, it should be a damn good match, though. So I'm looking forward to that, but. That's pretty much it, wrestling-wise, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show, then. Yes. All right, Christian, before we go, we got some shout-outs for some awesome podcasts that we want you to check out. Uh, first up, we've got Death by DVD. Death by DVD, when watching is never enough. Reviews, podcasts, horror updates, and all around a bad time to enjoy. Um, go ahead and check them out. Great horror podcast. Uh, next up, we've got friends of the show, Flix X-Raid, a podcast of a movie lover who is joined by guests brought in to discuss film. Uh, it is like a book club for movies. You can check them out on iTunes, Google Play, um, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Um, and then uh, next, we've got I Shake My Head. Uh, we are two funny 50-year-old women from Canada who love to laugh podcasting from a car because that's where we have our best conversations. Um, and I know one of them's a wrestling fan cause we've talked to them before on yes. Twitter. Um, <laughs> and of course, cause they're Canadian and Canadians all love wrestling. So <laughs> is that racist? No. <laughs> they like hockey too then. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, comics, culture and cosplay podcast. Uh, the worlds of comics, culture, and cosplay from a fresh perspective. Uh, they dive in weekly into new movies, new comics, and much, much more. So go ahead and give them a listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. Uh, and if that's not enough for you, you can also head over to DramaCityProductions.com. You can hear us and all of our stable mates anytime you want yes. on the website. You want to listen to great podcasts? Go ahead, check out dramacity.com. Yes. Other than that, uh, you can hear us on your favorite platform, uh, Podbean, iTunes. I don't know, man. Why are you trying to list them? Like, <laughs> so I many. thought we stopped doing that. We, we stopped doing that. But <laughs> Wherever not- you listen to fucking podcasts. <laughs> and while you're there, go ahead, give us a five-star review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, give us a five-star <laughs> review, assholes. If you don't like the show, why are you there? Uh, and then you know what? Go ahead, give us that review, give us that star rating, subscribe. That keeps small independent podcasts like us going. Absolutely. You know, feed the beast. And, you know, if you want to make some money yourself while listening to the podcast, you can check out Podcoin. That's right. Podcoin is the app that pays you for listening to podcasts. Yes. Use and our promo code NerdShow. That's right. And, and 300 uh, coins. 300 coins. Um, and the, yeah, they've got tons of great gift cards over there too. So, I mean, it's well worth it. Yes. Because um, who doesn't love fucking podcasts, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of promo codes, if you're looking to check out a show, um, go ahead and check out SeatGiant.com. And we got a promo code over there that will save you additional money. Yes. Right? That's going to be Nerd Show as well. Awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> Easy. That means you can head over to Podcoin, put in Nerd Show, you got your 300 coins, go over to. You want WrestleMania tickets? Go get your WrestleMania tickets. Use Nerd Show. Get a discount right now. Yes, over at SeatGiant.com. Nice and easy to remember. Just yeah. one promo. Code. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, at the top of the show, you heard them Guilty Aces. Yes. Um, fantastic rockabilly band from Chicago. 
uh, go ahead, check them out if you're in the area. Um, download their music on iTunes and check out their videos on YouTube. Um, and it, what you're hearing right now is our favorite house DJ, our only house DJ really, but our favorite <laughs> DJ, Greg Brebner. Uh, check out his music on SoundCloud and you can follow him on Instagram. Yes, and if you want to support the show in any other way, you can check us out on tpublic.com. We have t-shirts, we have mugs, we have phone backs, the works. Canvas bags, right? Exactly. I think sunglass cases. Exactly. Whatever you want with our name on, you can get it, but it will help support the show. Mm -hmm. So please do so. Otherwise, <laughs> just make sure you're following us on your favorite social media site. That's We're right. There. We're there, right? I'm posting new content all the time. Um, we're definitely a worthy fellow, so exactly. check us out. All right, now that does it for the show. That does it, man. All it's right. 2 o'clock in the morning. It's time <laughs> to go to bed. As usual, <laughs> this is Christian. And this is Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. This has been a Drama City production. Watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister.